Uh, But Romans chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 18. And as we've gone through everything that we've gone through in the last couple weeks, um, with our pastor being out, and it just kind of seems inevitable that things are just kind of happening and um, we're just kind of in a crazy spot right now with everything that's going on. And I wanted to kind of bring us some encouragement this morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring us some encouragement this morning. <laughs> Romans <laughs> chapter 8, verse 18. Um, I'll go ahead and read it. Lights will come on shortly, and you'll be able to read it too. Uh, In verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For creation eagerly awaits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves eagerly eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies, Now, in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await, we eagerly wait for it with patience. 26, in the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So verse 18, Paul talks about and he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. You know, we go through a lot of things in life. Um, Life is not a cakewalk, nor was it ever promised to be a cakewalk. Um, If anybody ever had a preconceived notion that life was going to be easy, do not listen to them. Do not take their word, um, because they are living in a fairy tale. We are going to suffer. We are going to go through things. Right? The world is not fair, nor was it ever said to be fair. But Paul makes one thing for sure, and it is this right here, that no matter what the weight of the suffering or whatever that you're going through in life, right, whatever it is, whatever situation you find yourself in, whether you woke up this morning struggling with allergies like myself, right, um, whether you're sick, whether you've lost your job, whether your family is a mess, your marriage is in shambles, whatever it is, whatever you're going through, The suffering and the things that we have do not compare to the glory that we will see one day. What Paul is saying is this. Yes, we're going to go through things, and yes, life is going to be hard. But 
there is a day when all of those things will fade away and all of those things will be no more and we will be face to face with our Savior in glory together forever. In verse 19, it says, for the creation eagerly awaits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. He, he makes this point that, that creation, all of it, right? Not just us, but the whole world, everything in it is waiting in anticipation for God to send Jesus to come back to finish everything, right? The world started off unbroken just like man started off unbroken, it was a perfect place. Everything about it was perfect, right? The thorns and thistles, right? Those things weren't an issue. Broken ground, right? Those things weren't a thing until sin entered the world. And so all of creation is longing for the return of Jesus just like we are. And 20, it says, for creation was subjected to futility but not willing but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay in the glorious freedom of God's children. Right, it's just backing at the point that this world is in chaos and it's in turmoil. There's a lot that is happening and it's this beautiful picture of going from death to life. Right, think about your life and, and how you were before Jesus saved you and found you and cleaned you up, right? Think about who you were in the identity that you had and the things that you struggled with and the things that you walked through and how dark that those things seemed. And think about the moment that Jesus came in and changed everything and how freeing that is, right? It's freeing when the Savior breaks the chains that are holding you down, right? It's freeing when your identity is in God and you are sons and daughters of God. Right, because sin is an issue, there's a separation from God and because of that, we are longing for the day when we are back together with him. Twenty-three says, not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirits as first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Right, Paul's making the statement that yes, while we have been saved, while our spirit is, is there, these bodies are decaying and going away. Um, I pressure washed my driveway this week um, and then found out that my pressure washer was inadequate to do what I needed it to do. But me being stubborn, I just went ahead and did it anyways, right? So I'm over here with the pressure washer and the wand. I don't have one of those nice um, circular things that's like cleaning the driveway. So I'm sitting here going stripe by stripe up and down my driveway. Literally took like four or five hours. It was 105 outside. I know I'm an idiot for doing it in 105 weather. Not the smartest thing. But I realized when I woke up the next morning that my back was killing me, right? I had this pain right here from just sitting and doing this for four hours. You know, two or three years ago, I just got up and like nothing and went on and 
went on with my business. Now when I get up in the morning, like my knees are popping, my back is popping, like it's rough. I can't breathe in the morning now because of allergies. Like it is terrible. These bodies are decaying, this world is temporary. Right, and there's gonna be a day when these bodies are renewed, where we are all renewed, where we are standing face to face with our God, with our Savior, together. Right, there's no more back pain, there's no more allergies, right? This eyesight of mine that is getting worse every day, right, it used to be able to see fine, now like driving down the road, the green signs that tell you where everything is on 59, it's all just a blur now. Right? All of those things are going to be healed and done. There's going to be a day when we are fully renewed and restored, and we are eagerly and anxiously awaiting that day. And why? Because of verse 24. Now, in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he can see? Right, we don't put our hope in the things of this world. Right, everything that is here is temporary. It is here, it is gone. Your life is temporary, right? Your health, it's temporary. This world is temporary. Our hope does not reside here but rather our hope resides in heaven. Right, our hope is in Jesus, it's in God, it's in the cross. We are longing and hoping and waiting for the day when we are with him. Right, we don't put our hope and our faith and trust in what is happening in this world. We don't put our hope, faith, and trust in political leaders. We don't put our hope, faith, and trust that some doctor's gonna come through and figure everything out. No, we put our hope and faith and trust in a God that changes everything. We put our hope and faith and a trust in a God that saves. That's where our hope is. Because the reality is the world is darkness and these things are temporary, but in God there is light and there is always light the next morning. Twenty-five says, now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Right? There's going to be a day when either Jesus comes back or takes us home. Right? And the beautiful thing is when you hope for what you can't see, there's a patience to it. Right? As a kid, Christmas time, I was about seven or eight years old, um, and I was old enough to understand the movie A Christmas Story, like, in its fullness, and so all I wanted was this Red Ryder BB gun, just like Ralphie had. <laughs> Red Ryder BB gun. Hoped and hoped and hoped, but the problem is it made Christmas so long, right? Like, I had saw it, and then I waited the whole year, and all I told my dad was, look, I want a Red Ryder BB gun. Santa better bring me a Red Ryder BB gun, Red Ryder BB gun, Red Ryder BB gun, right? And so it made it forever forever. Well, the problem was everybody sold out of Red Rider BB guns that year, right? Didn't get a Red Rider BB gun until the next week. So it was forever, right? 
my Santa, Santa brought my present late. It was forever. Took forever. I hoped in something that I had no control over. I hoped for something that was temporary. You know, I have that Red Rider BB gun still. Doesn't work. Not one bit. The spring is broken. Cheapest BB gun ever. Not to mention, my brother shot me in the leg with it the same week. It's long story, long story. <laughs> so we put our hope in the things that we don't see, right, that we can't see. Our hope is in heaven. And 26, verse 26 says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we don't know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings, Right? Paul is saying, look, there is somebody that is always with us. Whenever Jesus died, when he took the cross and when he left, he promised us that he was going to leave us with a helper, with somebody that was going to continually be there with us, guiding us, right? And that's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is with us interceding on our behalf, right? He's guiding us. He's telling us how to live our life, telling us what to pray for. Like this morning, right, we just prayed for our neighbors in Louisiana, right? They needed us to pray for them and intercede on their behalf, right? It's somebody to petition for us. The Holy Spirit petitions for us on our behalf. And in 27, it says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Here's the promise today is this, is, as we wrap up. There is somebody that is always fighting for you. And no matter what you're running through and going through today, there is a Savior who gave everything up for you. There's a God that loves you. Church, if you know Jesus today, hold on just a little bit longer. Keep holding on. While yes, the storms are big, and while yes, we go through tough things, and while yes, there is chaos all around us, there will be a day when those things are no more.